welcome to yet another episode of the World Ayurveda podcast where we are bringing fascinating conversations from the world of Ayurveda speaking to doctors researchers entrepreneurs and other stakeholders from the world of Ayurveda no matter which part of the globe they reside in my name is Ritika Patni and i am the founder of the art of health in singapore i'm delighted today to welcome our guest who's joining us all the way from austria Dr. Rainer Pisha, who is the chairman of the International Maharishi Ayurveda Foundation. He is also a senior consultant in cardiology from Austria. In 1996, Dr. Pisha shifted his focus from a full-time position as the assistant director at the Department of Cardiology of the State Hospital in Graz, Austria, to become a researcher at Maharishi Vedic University in Waldorf. the netherlands welcome dr pisha namaste namaste thank you for inviting me it's a joy to talk to you it's a joy to talk to you really thank you so much dr pisha we we are fortunate to have you with us today uh, but we are really curious to understand that you know having studied modern medicine and also specialized uh, you know fields such as cardiology uh, how did you then discover ayurveda yes um I was indeed in really high tech medicine being responsible in the angiogram lab that means I was probing a catheter into the coronary arteries and opening blocked arteries which is a great boon for those who have come that far in their disease uh to save their lives and so forth but as a cardiologist studying the cause of the disease I of course very soon discovered that all cardiovascular diseases are kind of caused by risk factors that are manageable through lifestyle there are like nine modifiable risk factors that uh you know <clears throat> uh studies have shown like high blood pressure smoking inactivity physical inactivity diabetes and then nine i don't have to name them the hypertension and overweight and stress cholesterol these are known almost to everyone and these could be managed by changing your lifestyle and uh, research shows that about 80 to even 90% of all of all heart attacks could be avoided by living a healthy life so i found i'm working actually at the end 5 minutes after 12 of the disease development trying to repair something and to save lives and much more effective and much more fulfilling for the patient and for the doctor would be to prevent all of this and so i was looking to prevention and there is some prevention in modern medicine but I looked to more deeper science and I soon discovered Ayurveda as one of the like I would say the champion of lifestyle medicines they through kind of ayurvedic evaluation of prakriti and prakriti you could kind of once you have a proper diagnosis or evaluation you could adopt anything in life to the specific problem if you know whatever he eats he does he what spices what kind of behavior everything medicine could be adjusted and i think this was for me at least fascinating 
to go more into prevention. And then I studied in, in the early 90s to take my first, first courses in Ayurveda. And uh, so I started to probe into this more and more. And it took a few years when I eventually quit my position there, which was a big surprise because uh, I was really in a good position. I was, you know, I was in the faculty of the Austrian Chamber of Doctors, teaching other doctors in the field of cardiology, giving presentation, be active, be a last opinion doctor, be head of intensive care unit. Um, was a lot of work and rewarding and nice, but eventually I, I, I couldn't continue or didn't want to continue. And, um, and so I took the freedom and, and quit my position and, and, and I went to Flodrop to the Maharshi Vedic University there where I met Maharshi Mahesh Yogi who I discovered then even in, the, in 1985 structured a world plan for perfect health where he laid out everything from the field of Ayurveda, what has to be done, how many clinics and colleges and, and so I discovered all of this and since then I'm full-time active and, and yeah, continuing to, to, to even to help to spread Ayurveda. Uh, and um, yeah, so this is how I think my personal shift of awareness happened. That is fantastic. And also so encouraging to know that, you know, as a Western medical doctor, you were open to other systems of healing and you've embraced, uh, you know, the system of Ayurveda, which like you said, you know, is the champion for lifestyle, uh, you know, diseases and medicine. Uh, but uh, Dr. Pisha, you've of course trained other doctors, you know, maybe specifically in cardiology. And of course now, uh, you know, you also are so actively involved in Ayurvedic education, but how would you really describe Ayurveda to medical doctors who have never heard about this, uh, you know, really ancient 5,000 year old science. Yeah, I think it's not easy to explain in one or two words. I usually take, if someone is really interested, I take a few minutes, uh, five, 10 minutes and, and try to explain a li little bit that Ayurveda is first of all, the oldest system of health that has been systematically recorded in books. They are thousands of years old and but the knowledge is even older than that. I mean, recording in a book doesn't mean that at that time everything has been invented. The knowledge was probably there in the corridor of time, yeah, for much, much longer time. So it's something that we modern scientists understand as evolution. In evolution, anything that harms a being would not prevail. And if a knowledge has persisted over thousands of years, from generation to generation, this is by itself a value because scientists always ask the first thing, how much evidence can you have? How much evidence is there? And of course there's evidence, there's now studies on herbs and so many things, but, but in comparison to the mega studies with hundred thousands of, of multi-center studies, there is some way to go for Ayurveda, but it has this kind of time-tested value which is a value one has to recognize and it's a science of life it's not just giving herbs like in modern medicine you have acidity in your stomach you give something that according to ayurveda herbs in the book says this is reducing acidity it doesn't work like that it's much more on a deeper level 
that you kind of evaluate the physiology and adjust everything in life, what he's doing. That is something in modern medicine, no one has even thought about that it's possible. And um, yeah, usually I explain that is a, it translates like Ved knowledge and it means the knowledge of Ayu, the life, science of life, which tells a lot that it's uh, not just science of herbs or pharmacopoeia or any little thing. It's, and um, yeah, and, and it's a prevention oriented approach, but not only, you can cure, and, and, but uh, especially in comparison to modern medicine, the prevention aspect is kind of eye-opening and in cure is also fascinating to work with less side effects and, and you have sometimes side benefits instead of side negative side effects and and um, usually people ask questions how can one learn and so one goes individually how to continue to explain because once you start you can talk for hours it's then hard to stop anywhere but um, but it's a natural system of health that has prevailed over thousands of years. And yeah, that is quite impressive to see. And one can mention sometimes that even thousands of years ago, they seem to have opened the skull of the brain if there was a bleeding and they have done eye surgery. Like so many thousands of years ago where in Europe, they didn't know what to do. They just, they have bloodletting and I think there was nothing else than putting someone in bed and fasting. There was no idea about medicine. So this is quite fascinating to see how advanced India was at that time, how developed the culture. And these um, are some aspects that I would mention as an introduction, yeah. So that's, uh, I think that's a beautiful description. And I think what really struck me in, you know, everything you said is that, uh, you know, Ayurveda, instead of side effects, could actually have side benefits. And that is so true. I think anyone who's really had Ayurvedic treatment knows that not only are you able to treat uh, and cure sometimes, you know, the disease you're suffering from, but often you will see other benefits, you know, to your, uh, you know, health and well-being that you notice, which you didn't even really go to uh, cure, but you just see those side benefits, like you said. Yes, so. yes, exactly. And for example, in Ayurveda, let's say if someone has a joint problem, I give just an example, whatever, you evaluate there is some armor situation, you start to treat the digestion, and the patient may ask, but I have a joint problem. I, I have bone movement every day. I said, okay, it doesn't matter. We treat this. And then not only the joint will get better, the skin is more radiant and the tiredness goes away. And you know, there are many, many things. Even the target is not even the symptom of, you don't treat arthritis such as we know in modern medicine. You treat the underlying, underlying cause it's often the digestion, not always, but it could be some small mistake. You know, if, if I've seen this throughout the last 20, 25 years, you a little change in whatever you detect as a mistake could make a big difference. And that's really fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely. Dr. Pisha, you said, of course, you know, when you discovered Ayurveda and, you know, you were quite fascinated to hear that Ayurveda had such advanced systems of healing incorporated within it, uh, you know, in India many, many years back. So 
uh, what's your association been with India and when did you actually first also come to India? Yeah, interesting. I first from Austria, when I quit my job at the state hospital in Graz, I went to Flotrop, a very small town in the Netherlands, where Mahashima Shoge was residing with, a, with many Vaidyas from India, India, Triguna, late Triguna, Devendra Triguna, and other great Vaidyas I met there. And there was a big kind of like 100 Indians there. So I went almost to India in this small <laughs> kind of... Um, yeah, uh, university. And um, so then I got first contact uh, with Indian thinking and with Indian experts in not only Ayurveda, but also Gandhava Veda, Stapatya Veda. And, and, and so there are so many Vedic disciplines that, you know, actually Mahashi that who taught me Ayurveda first, told me that Ayurveda means everything that brings health to the person and that uh, includes all the Vedic disciplines. It's, it's you know, it's uh, yoga, for example, it's unifying and pranayama and asanas. They are all part of Ayurveda, kind of, all the sister disciplines. We don't separate this. We call Mahashaveda. There's everything that India brought out is actually Ayurveda, the full Veda used for the body. But of course, when I, after one or two years, then there was a group of scientists, they should go to India, and then Mahash invited me to join them. And I also started to join a research team together with Dr. Tony Nader. He looked into uh, how the Veda is expressed in the human physiology. He looked into the vibrations and, and the structure of Vedic literature and how this reflects on the human physiology. And there was some discovery, a book published that time when I went to so I studied this and then I was part of a team that presented in India at different universities and publicly and press conferences. So I went all around India, I think in, in two, three weeks, we went to, to all major cities, starting from daily, like one big round around the clock. And, and so I, this was my first impression on the huge diversity in India, how it looks like the climate and and fascinating knowledge and all these traditional experts of Ayurveda. And uh, they were very interested that someone from the West comes and speaks about Vedic literature and, and how this <laughs> relates to human physiology. So this was my first take to India. And then I was a few times more visiting some places where Mahashi was residing in Allahabad and Brahmastan of India. And, but then we also were in Nepal and Sri Lanka, which also are Vedic countries that use Ayurveda a lot. And, um, but uh, these were short visits a few times. And, uh, but I felt that I'm very closely connected to India because I was like 20 years in Flotrop and there were like 50 to 100 Indian experts and writers and I had to, on daily basis, I was with the Dr. Raju, I remember he was there for a few years and went to every consultation, he took the pulse, I learned the pulse reading um, because in Mahashavita we take a lot of um, effort in properly learning how to read the pulse Nadi Vikyan. Um, um, and so there were great experts like Triguna first and then uh, Dr. Raju. 
and uh, so I w felt I was almost like in India, you know, there's just this uh, way of life and I, yeah, it was like also like a little bit like a not ashram, but a lot of emphasis also on daily meditation for yourself. So the whole atmosphere was very subtle and quiet and peaceful and clear. So this is... Um, also what I see in India when you go to re remote places and you visit some temples and um, great purity of consciousness and um, yeah, so for me India is very fascinating. It is, it is indeed very fascinating, uh, Dr. Pisha, and we will discuss more about that. But one question which I'm sure, you know, all our uh, listeners would be keen to understand is with your background in cardiology, uh, do, you, do you think heart disease can be prevented using Ayurveda? And if so, then how? Can you share something based on, you know, your expertise? Yeah, I'm quite convinced that it could uh, reverse coronary artery disease because this is there even from modern medicine. If you change a little bit, even if you control the blood pressure, for example, uh, then one has seen in some research, if it's really well controlled, a reversal of, of clotting or narrowing of uh, coronary arteries. So science knows the potential of reversing uh, coronary artery disease is a possibility and uh, also for the development it there is some 10 percent hereditary cause but mostly it's due to kind of lifestyle modifications that one can prevent and if someone you can prevent you can you can assume you can reverse and 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 hints of that are there it has to be more researched but um Personally, I've seen improvement by change in diet, by some herbs and even meditation, because all this interact with each other. Stress itself, stress management, is responsible for most of the other risk factors. It's a driving force because stress uh, propels cholesterol, propels high blood pressure, bad, heat, bad eating habits, smoking, and all this is kind of enforced by stress so one um, and ayurveda offers huge um, possibilities to to help you know there are so many curcuma and ginger there and there are signs behind this why it lo lowers cholesterol and how it works you know in the hepatic and kind of circulation and uh, so there is a huge variety of things one can do to help and um, especially, um, let's say, in transcendental meditation, I'm working using that meditation, not excluding others, but there was research just a few years back with heart data where people had coronary artery disease, you know, three vessel disease, which is the worst. All the three main arteries of the heart are blocked or had bypass surgery. And they put one group of 100 people under optimum modern medicine treatment. They had, you know, all this blood beta blocker, diet change and physical activity, everything best. And the other group, the same. But they were in addition doing meditation twice a day, transcendental meditation. 
and they looked at what we call hard data, not just do I feel better, is the electro electrocardiogram better, but they looked into heart attack, stroke, and death. What is happening with these people after 10 years? And those who did the meditation, transcendental meditation, they had half of the risk to die or have the other events, like 48% risk reduction, which is huge, which is more than any statin, which is the most successful modern drug to lower cholesterol. Uh, you know, this is a multi-billion market and they have some effect, but this is much higher. So this you can see as a clear sign that you can do something in such a severe cases even. They were not like beginning stage of utter, they were really high risk, you know, and I think about 30% died of these 200 people after 10 years. And, and so you saved half of them by just doing twice a day, 20 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, something for your guys' body coordination, mind-body coordination. So there is definitely uh, great uh, possibilities and tools and approaches that can reverse coronary artery disease. Fantastic. Um, Dr. Pisha, Maharshi Group has of course been uh, instrumental in taking Ayurveda to the West. So how has the perception and adoption of Ayurveda in the West changed over the years, you know, from when you first uh, were introduced to Ayurveda and to today? Yeah, I think a lot has changed. I, I think I, my first course in Ayurveda was 92. And that time I was still fully engaged in the, in the hospital. But um, somehow I was so attracted by it. I started to use it even in the hospital, you know, for sometimes constipation. I gave some drifler here. So many little things that I could, that I feel I could do. Uh, um, and, but that was very strange for all my colleagues. You know, I was kind of exceptional in the, at that time. And even the word Ayurveda, uh, no, no one had any idea. And when you say, you know, everything starts from Apanavata, which is the call on the digestion, it was very strange for people. Nowadays, the microbiome kind of research tells you that the microbiome is almost responsible for everything, for every disease, its connection to the brain, it speaks to the lung microbiome, it interacts with the immune system. We're just about to discover. And this is something that all of a sudden, the thing that you hardly could believe that most of the diseases start from Apanavata becomes like science. And this is with many other things. So there, just from science, it has changed and it's therefore easier to speak to modern scientists. You know, if you come up with such theories or yeah, statements from Ayurveda, they are now starting to be confirmed. And I often speak about how modern medicine is now discovering Ayurveda is a cutting edge medicine. This is what is happening day by day and therefore it's alone easier. But also because I think India taking the efforts and, and, and sending out to the world experts and, um, and people are intelligent. I think the crowd intelligent seeing there is a value and more and more people know about it. I think Ayurveda in Germany, Austria is almost like a household name. There are few people who have never heard about it. 
there are maybe, but like 30 years ago, there was even not a faint idea what it is. A little later, they had the idea this is something, something from the East or from Asia, little scary perhaps, something with meditation or no idea. And now it becomes like, yeah, many countries have picked it up. Switzerland have now two official professions in Ayurveda and, and the experts are, what they're doing is covered by health insurance. And so it, is, it becomes part of daily life and in, in, in so many countries in the world. And there is still some kind of, yeah, majority of modern scientists who are kind of careful and don't see yet the value, but it's definitely much easier now to, to, to speak about Ayurveda. And um, just an example, just uh, two or three years ago, together with the Institute of Physiology, and even though I'm not working anymore since more than 20 years in the hospital in Graz, we, we approached the dean of the, of the university and offered them to, uh, to lecture the students as an elective study in Ayurveda, yoga and meditation. This is how they called this. And so it's not a mandatory uh, lecture, but you know, usually they would have a few years ago, we have tried and they would have refused. Don't even talk to me about it. You know, this is nonsense and we don't want any strange, just don't come anymore. <laughs> and um, now it wasn't even a discussion and they felt, oh yeah, I think the students should know and just do it. And the thing is that in the students, they have to do a thesis, a kind of a diploma work at the end of their medical study, but they have a freedom to choose a topic and they can choose an elective topic also. And many students, they want to do research on Ayurveda now and yoga. And so it shows the young generation is very interested and it's really, it's not even easier. It's, uh, I, actually I said I've asked, but it was uh, the professor of the Institute of Physiology. I've only here heard after. And so I don't even have to ask. The people ask me, can you, uh, we have heard you are expert in Ayurveda. Can you teach our students or like in Slovenia, this is 40 kilometers from here, 45 minutes. There's a private university. They asked me if we can organize a master uh, in health science, including Ayurveda as a kind of health science. And yes, so, so people are starting to, to request it. And uh, so time has, has really changed. And, and I think this is continuing to, to happening in a kind of faster and faster way. So I think um, it has to be because it works and it's, it's a wonderful approach and it's useful, it's helpful, it gives relief. And it's not expensive in comparison to modern medicine. And there are so many problems we have with financing modern healthcare and side effects. So actually people start to look at something, how to can get out of the health crisis because we have more and more chronic diseases. We have, uh, you know, rising costs that no one can cover anymore. And so there is a, desire by health authorities, healthcare providers to go in prevention. And Ayurveda is there really as a champion. I think no, no other system has that refined, individually tailored approach to a specific problem. 
So it has definitely become easier. It, it's, uh, it's absolutely, there's no fear in myself and if, you know, difficult dogs with people who you feel may refuse what you're saying, it's, it's has really changed a lot. Absolutely. Uh, so, Dr. Pisha, you've of course been spearheading a lot of Maharshi's initiatives where you integrated Ayurveda, you know, into a system of healthcare and also provided opportunities for education. Can you share with us a little bit more about what opportunities have been uh, created and initiatives have been undertaken within the Maharishi framework to realize this integrative model of healthcare? Yeah, yeah, quite a lot. I mean, I was just mentioned already here nearby Graz. We are probably starting next year with a master in health sciences and Ayurveda. So this is uh, we teach in the Balkan area in English language, and um, in USA, for example, at the Marsh International University, since four or five years, we have it's maybe one of the few or the only fully accredited um, master of science in um, in Ayurveda and integrative medicine in Fairfield, in Iowa, and have a very strong rising number of students. I think the first class were about 20 people. It was borderline to start because covering the costs and and um, and I think they have now three, 400 students and the next term this fall, 100 more students have inscribed, enrolled. So here is, this is the strongest um, growing program at that university. It is quite a huge, they have a lot of sustainable living and arts and mathematics and computer science and it's a huge university and and the and the master in Marsha Veda and integrative medicine is now the fastest growing program. So this is clearly reflecting also the general rise in interest in Ayurveda. And um, Yes, uh, in 2013, I think, uh, we have founded the International Mahashaveda Foundation. So it's not that old. We felt we have to register somehow a foundation as a platform. This serves uh, trained health professionals that we have trained in Mahashaveda to be a member and support them with ongoing continuing education, with a newsletter. And, you know, we have a idea from India employed who ask questions online. You can ask the Vaidya if you have a patient, you feel it's complicated, you don't come along so well. So we have these kind of benefits to them. And But one thing this foundation is doing is um, um, international Ayurveda congresses. And I think the first we did in the Netherlands, right there where the foundation has been founded in, in Vermont. Then we went to London, and this was the first time when, when Honorable Minister Nayak came physically there, uh, you know, inaugurating and, 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 and speaking there. And um, so we started to connect with, you know, with all the Ayurveda experts in Europe and globally and with India. And this always creates new opportunities, teaching opportunities in UK and new collaborations. For example, there was the, the ex-health minister of Brazil was in London 
as uh, interested in alternative medicine and, and so he appeared there and we talked and, uh, and he said he wanted to do the same thing next year in Rio de Janeiro and this is what happened and uh, in the, the Brazil government helped in organizing then we had a congress in Rio and uh, the same year the Brazilian government decided to implement I think 25 alternative and complementary approaches as a law in their state system of healthcare, including Ayurveda for the first time. And at that time, I think 27 universities in Brazil and whole of Latin America expressed a wish to, to have that program. And, and so we're working on curricula to, to translate in Portuguese language in Brazil. And in Brazil is huge interest and uh, also other Latin American countries in Mexico and and interestingly, for example, speaking there in the Latin American area, the Caribbean is also, I think, very interested in this kind of natural approach, especially Ayurveda. And in Curaçao, we have the opportunity. There is a, a University of Latin America, because uh, UMLAC University, Latin America, Mahashaveda, something. And they have now approved a, a master program in, in Mahashaveda and integrative medicine. So this university, the graduates will be fully MDs according to US kind of laws, but at the same time they study Ayurveda and get a master degree in, 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 in Masha Ayurveda. So this is uh, approved and I think they will enroll this or next year. And uh, yeah, this is uh, fascinating to see that um, in USA, in Caribbean, in, in Latin America, in Europe, uh, everywhere this is becoming more easy to start teaching and um, after Rio, we actually we went to Slovenia for the International Aveda Congress in 2018 and um, in Ljubljana and there I was approached by President Doblak from the Alma Mater University Europea in Maribor which I mentioned this is that university that is now asking for a master program in Ayurveda so we don't even go there anymore, as I said. We just, so the congresses are a great means of networking with others and you meet people and they, they ask you and sometimes something nice and new comes out. And next time we plan to be in, in Kathmandu in Nepal. And um, this has to be canceled. It, it was scheduled beginning of, beginning of October, but due to COVID, we will postpone to next year. So these are the activities we are, are doing. And um, we also now, we have created a, what we call Marshi College of Perfect Health, which will serve as a roof organization for all our Marshi Veda trained teaching kind of platforms in all countries to give guidelines and, and uh, yeah, and to give like accreditation. We wanted to do it together with Ayush. We are very close collaboration and I said they will uh, endorse and approve all our training programs that we have uh, sent them so far. So this is a very nice development. Thank you so much uh, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for inviting me. It was a joy talking to you and I was very happy to be part of this program. Thank you. Namaste. Take care. Bye.